on last week's Irrevelations. We're going to start on Genesis 35. So I hate it whenever people say, I'm not racist, but... But I'm going to say it, but I'm not racist. So now we have a, yeah, a group of terrorists fleeing. <laughs> they're, they're on the move. They're leaving Shechem. God tells Jacob, go to Bethel. Jacob's ladder... Toy. Add the word toy. Penis. No, don't add the word penis. (laughs) Oh, God. It's so much. But Jacob decides to call him Benjamin, and that was that. As her dying wish, she's like, I'm dying. Name him Benomi. Jacob's like, no, I'm not going to do any of that shit. Benomi, a weird name. He's going to get bullied. He's the youngest of 12. I'm not going to give him a stupid fucking name. He's Benjamin. Genesis 35, 22. And it happened when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard about it. Now there's 12 tribes. This is where all the Jews come from. Now it's official. He takes wives from Canaan, the Hittites. We all know that those people are trash. That's what the Bible says. But if I see a pug, I put it down. That's my policy. I think Peta is more of like a tire rope around one of its back legs and swinging around in the air until it hits something. So basically, Joseph's watching his lesser brothers work. And then it's just going to his dad be like, you won't believe what Nap Jalav is doing. He's not feeding those chickens right or whatever the fuck they're doing. So he's a little bit of a prick. But it's not, I don't think it's his fault. Uh, he's going out there in the field and his brothers are digging up cow shit. He's just out there be like, you see this? It's called blue. <laughs> it's new. <laughs> Joseph's like, hey guys, you want to hear the dream I had last night? No. All right, well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, I'm better than all of you is what the dream I had. The dream I had was you all bowing down to me. Joseph says, where are they? He says, they're over this way. And he goes to Dothan, the shittiest city in all of Alabama. Punch me, headbutt me to death. Do it like a man. Yeah, rip my nuts off and shove them in my mouth. It just smells like stepmom. Just smells like the worst Pornhub search of all time. I'm assuming it's like one of those cop dramas where there's just a table with a sheet. Jacob's like, what's this? And they're like, do you recognize this? And I just pull it. It's a fucking tunic. Yeah, so now he's got two dead kids just because he wouldn't bust. He, he wouldn't nut side. Walks up to her, doesn't realize it's his daughter-in-law, and says, uh, hey, let's go fuck. <laughs> Give me your credit card. When you come back with that goat, I'll... I'll return it, you know? Like, you're glad to have prostitutes when it's uh, when you're on a road trip, you know? But when when it comes to too close to home, it's time to bring out the steak and the pitchfork? I, I think next episode is going to be one of our best yet in terms of What narrative. do you think is the part about Reuben fucking Bilha? What's that about? It was great. Before we... Turn to the word. I would like to be I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. Yeah. Um, You used to do missionary work, right? Yeah, I did. But it was never proselytizing. So I went on three mission trips in my life, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. As a kid. All of them was, I guess the oldest one, I was 18 or so. But uh, That's the oldest you were? Yeah. Um, Okay. So one, we went to Jamaica and we built a deaf school, right? Which 
it was a waste of money because a we were super inefficient. A bunch of us were like twelve year old, fifteen year old kids. <laughs> okay. And I mean, yeah, we helped or whatever, but they could have just sent some money and had like local construction do it, and it also yeah. would have been good for the economy or whatever. What they're doing is they're giving away uh, uh, black roles to white actors. You're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. like, I'll build this school. There's just a bunch of like Haitians. They're like, hey, we need work too. Yeah, <laughs> please. Why can't you pay us to do that? But it was a Christian deaf school, so it wasn't like there was anyone there that we needed to like make become Christians. Oh, okay. You know, like you they would, were already like what you picture as a missionary doing. So, yeah, we just yeah. like hung out with them and built a deaf school. And then we like mm-hmm. stopped in Montego Bay for a couple of days on the way home, obviously. Oh, like, like you do. Like yeah. you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're already there. Oh, and uh, so then the other one I did was we went to Wyoming. And that one mm-hmm. we just did like beautification projects in, in Laramie, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's great if churches want to do that, you know, like make their town better. And we didn't really, uh, if people came up and asked us who we were, we would tell them. But like, I didn't talk to anyone that I remember. Um, Mm -hmm. I just kind of painted benches and did other crap in Laramie Parks. And that was cool because the Mormons are known for having a pretty abrasive relationship with the town of Laramie. Because, you know, Salt Lake City is so nearby. And I guess... I don't know is if this it, is I true. I thought Salt Lake City was like in the center of the state. No, Salt Lake City is in northeast Utah. Yeah, I don't know. And so it's really easy. Geography. It's really easy to get into Wyoming. Uh, okay. It's like only a couple a couple hours from Laramie. Anyways, the uh, I guess like Mormon missionaries were known for hanging out outside the bars and like jeering, trying at people. to catch people. No, like being mean. Oh. Like and just like mocking them. I don't know if that's true. That's what they told us at like the local church we were at. Uh, but apparently they're just dicks. And so to just see people that are affiliated with the church just doing nice shit and not like you cannot be judging uh, you. I, I don't know where Laramie is, but Salt Lake City has got to be like several hours from the border. I remember driving from there from one to the other in, in the same day. But sure, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't care. It's totally a new <laughs> point. It's closer <laughs> to Salt Lake City than most places. So okay. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Fuck me. And then, uh, and then the the third one I did was to Honduras, and that one right. was pure medical. We didn't really have like a uh, sure we were there like as a church. There was a bunch of church people there, but uh, we just would set up little pop up pharmacies mm-hmm. and hand out drugs. And there wasn't really like a uh, proselytizing angle to it that I remember. I was like uh, eighteen, nineteen at the time. I mean, I'm I'm ignorant. You know, generally just fucking dumb about shit. I thought when I, when, if you asked me what a missionary was, I always thought it was like the missionaries from like airplane where they're just like rolling up on the scene. There's a bunch of people starving to death. They're like, ah, here's a Bible. You kids, you're fine. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't need any bread. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I think it was like a hostage negotiation thing. They're like, oh, please give us some, some penicillin. You're like, all right, but you got to read five chapters. <laughs> I mean, there definitely ha- are missionaries that are like that. And I feel like. You have your Mother Teresas that are pretty bad people, actually. Um, yeah, Mother Teresa's shit. I stand by that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you have just different phases of missionaries. Like, I don't think the Jesuits, as they came to, uh, you know, Central America, what, hundreds of years ago, like, they were super friendly. But they also did feed people, I guess. Like, the Catholic Church does have a, you know, uh, philanthropic lean to it you could say uh-huh. in, in a lot of ways so i don't i don't know but yeah it's i think i feel like modern missionary work often revolves around making yourself useful and that's kind of like your disguise hmm. i guess that makes sense I, I i never had that i never knew 
But if you asked me like what I thought it was, that's that would have been completely different. I remember my mom was talking about when my, when I first was like um, we had a big blowout fight once upon a time. It doesn't happen anymore. No now. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't believe you. it. Uh, Thanksgiving every year. Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, uh, there was something where I was like, yeah, I don't think we'd be raising kids with the Bible or the church or any of that shit. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, well, I mean, there's always lessons to be learned. I was like, yeah, but you can get, you know, I just, I consider it child abuse. I consider it. uh... Yeah, there's Aesop's fables. Yeah, yeah, there's Aesop's fables. She's like, well, the church goes and does nice things. I was like, so does the YMCA, but I don't think they shove fucking uh, myth and bullshit down your throat on the same plate, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, I I, I volunteer all the time. I volunteer at farms and shit and you uh, should places. You should join if you have kids. You should join Westboro Baptist Church. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, like, like I give, I give blood as often as I can, platelets and stuff. And never once was I like, oh, they're like, oh yes, we'd really like to get your plates. It's like, okay, but I need you to read the Bible before I, <laughs> before I, you, if you want me to save your son, you got to give me something in return. You know? <laughs> I always thought that was kind of a weird thing. Did you see that guy uh, who just died in India? That John oh yeah, Allen no, that that's like a hardcore old school missionary. I don't even think he will. He wasn't an official. Yeah, I thought that 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 I am so fascinated by that whole guy and that whole thing. Yeah, so is Twitter. Yeah, well, yeah, he's a fascinating character. Um, because he, did he go back three times? The way I understood it is that he went once and they just started shooting arrows at him. And he's just like, Jesus loves you. And I'm just like, what, what did you think was going to happen? Like, even if the arrows weren't coming... And you've got a bunch of people who don't speak the same language you do. Were they just going to absorb it by osmosis? Yeah, you know? it's it's like a, it's like trying to missionary to your garbage disposal with your hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I yell "Jesus loves you" at my dogs all the time. I think they have just as much a chance of understanding the English language as uh, you know anyone else who doesn't speak the language. You know. But uh, it seems like a pretty complex, like to me, the the idea of Jesus, and and maybe I'm maybe I'm a dick about it, but the idea of Jesus and salvation and everlasting soul and all that horseshit seems complex. Like it doesn't seem like you could just walk up to someone and be like, by the way, someone died for your sins and uh, he loves you and you're gonna have everlasting heaven if you accept him or whatever that shit is, and that someone could just hear those words and understand it in the way you need them to. To, to be a Christian. I don't know. Do, 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 I, I, did you ever have that experience? Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, that's, it's such a weird situation. You're right. Um, like to me, it feels like if I was trying to explain uh, nihilism and I was like, nothing has meaning. And they're just like, someone would hear and be like, I, okay, I don't, I don't quite, I don't think you're quite getting the full depth of it. I, it's a very shallow take, I think. Yeah. 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 And ju- yeah, to just, to just, I don't, it, the reason it's weird for me to think about is because the actual thought process behind things like that don't mm-hmm. come into play when you're generally like in the church, right? Like mm-hmm. they become these platitudes that you take for granted, just like telling someone, you know, have a nice day. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for him, yeah, he, I can just picture the kind of church he grew up in, right? He's from Texas. So I get it. You know, I see these people uh, every uh-huh. day and there's this, you, you walk into any of those churches and they would tell you that he was doing the right thing. And it's a little insane. Um, the the I one know. I saw that was uh, absurd, like the, the the most absurd take was the parents said that they forgive the tribe. I like and that. And I thought that was, I thought that was an interesting take on it. But at the same time, I was like, forgive them. I, I don't know. 
I guess forgive them is about the only option you have other than yeah. Like anger no, I, th- I think that that's actually a because they killed your son and, I, and yeah they ki- yeah go ahead and even though yeah it was because they're like ignorant to the world and so that they thought they were just protecting themselves when obviously he had no intention of hurting them maybe he would have no in, he definitely is very possibly could wipe of course them out. of yeah. course but they don't know that they just you know again they're they're who knows what their society's like or what their values and morals are, but they killed him. You know, there's no yeah. way around it. And so for the parents just to make that statement, I think is good because it kind of nips a lot of bullshit in the bud. Cause there's other people that are like causing for there to be just calling for there to be justice. And that's stupid. Yeah, so I yeah. like that the parents did that. I, I don't know what to think about it, but I just thought it was fascinating. I saw the, um, the, the fishermen talk about it. that was the most metal part about it was that the fishermen like on the first day they shot arrows at him and one of them entered his Bible and he was like, see, God's, God is great. And I was like, I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> no, he's like, see, it's all going to be okay. Like, ah, ah, all right. And then the second day he brought them some fish. And again, they don't speak the same language. So what was your, here's some fish and here's some soccer ball. You guys understand about the everlasting soul. And uh, can I talk to you about Genesis? Like what the fuck are you talking about? And then the third day, the fishermen were like, and then he come over and then we saw them killing him and dismembering him. I was like, oh, that's, that's a fucked up Do you think they ate weekend. him? I don't think they ate him. I hope. I, think, I, I hope they cannibals. did. I definitely hope they didn't, because uh, while I've heard that human meat is uh, extremely tasty, um, he lives I a don't... soft life. I'm sure it would be pretty good. He might have. I don't know. I I, I don't know anything about him. Well, uh, he's from Texas, he's... so there's going to be some hints of barbecue in there. Oh yeah, I bet there's notes of mesquite. Probably and, a lot, uh... probably ate a lot of fatty beefs and pork oh man i bet you he had like uh if he had uh like some cherry wine beforehand i, a, I doubt that that's um, a breeze and... <laughs> getting hungry over here yeah thinking about that um yeah i just thought that was such a fascinating thing that that all the signs saying don't do this you will die and then not only that are you going in against anyone's advice and the law and everything, but that you're also endangering them. Like, you could wipe them out in the same way that, like, polio blankets being thrown at the Native Americans could just, you know. You're, you're, you're in the same fucking boat, buddy. Uh, and that you're like, but I have to create a kingdom of heaven, even if it means killing every last one of them, you know. I just want to say, if that sign may say, don't do this, you'll die. I guarantee you, if you gave me full battle rattle, if I had a, you know. A silenced MP5 and some night vision. You said <laughs> I can take care of. Oh fuck! Wouldn't even be fair. I just thought that was such a fascinating story. Thermal yeah. vision. That way I could see him sneaking up in bushes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man. Hey, here's oh. a quick question, and then we'll get to the Bible. Um, right. Do you think there's going to become a point? Let's say that humanity somehow survives all of the current disasters we're headed towards, hurtling towards, really. Sure. Uh, is there going to become a point where we're so advanced and we have such cool shit and everyone's quality of life is so high that we're going to be like, we need to go bring the Sentinelese into this. Like, this is <laughs> See, I, it's one of those things that there's like that, like they were talking about the Amish or like these isolated tribes or something like that, where I don't know if modern civilization is so fucking hot. Uh, I was watching that movie. Uh, well, we watched it. The Endless. Remember? Uh, the Endless. Yeah, about yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember. That, yeah. Um, that Cthulhu uh, type space cult, or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that was, but I was I found myself. So the whole point of the movie is that uh, these guys they're living in the city and they got their phones and their cars and they want to they find themselves longing for their quote unquote death cult where all they do is spend all day long eating good food and drinking beer and like hanging out and then they sell their you know and they 
work on their art and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's all possible thanks to modern conveniences. Like, what if we get to the point where everyone can kind of do that because we automate things and everyone has a basic income and you just pursue your dreams? Then you got to bring the Sentinelese in and be like, hey, you guys don't have to, like, hunt your island for pigs and fish all day. You can I guess just... to each their own. I don't think there's a right answer. Like, whenever people are like, oh, yeah, well, back in my day, we didn't spend all day long playing Red Dead Redemption. Fuck you. You were throwing a hoop down a fucking street. Tell me your fucking <laughs> life's better, you fucking dick the fuck out of here you know yeah. like i don't i don't i um i don't think you can look at like uh like back in my day we were playing baseball with our friends yeah and me and <laughs> i'm in an 18 v 18 battle in world war ii i don't fucking tell me your life's so fucking great yeah yeah all you no, had to I... do was throw sticks of corn at each other like that's not a fuck <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that um so no, I don't know. I don't think society. I don't think there's such a thing. I, I don't think. It, I don't think anything gets better. I think it just gets different. Well, I mean, quality of life gets better. I guess. If even, I mean, what, what's quality of life? I, I think if you live 30 years old and you don't have a boss. If, if I live to be 40 years old, but I never have to experience a boss or rush hour traffic or uh, or my fucking shitty Verizon service, I, I think I'd be okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Like if all I did was fish every single day and uh, eat my fish, I think I don't know, that's not a bad life. And then that's true. Stick and, some and kill some missionaries. Some yeah, kill some missionaries. You know, every now, every blue moon, some dude comes into camp and we just we just tear him apart, live by live. You know. Well, they kept their islands safe for another day. I guess you got to yeah, hand it yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah. Whatever comes. Hopefully, he didn't it, get anyone sick. <clears throat> Hopefully. Or not. Who knows? It's not like anyone deserves to live. No, that's true. Yep. <sighs> well, do you want to talk about the Bible? Should we introduce ourselves? No, let's just quit. I'm done with this. <laughs> uh, fuck. So, welcome to Revelations Podcast. This is the big episode one zero. We made it. Mm-hmm. I episode mean, 10. Yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of a milestone, right? Really is, a double yeah. dig. We'll pat ourselves on the back the next time we see you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we'll do a little circle chug, circle tug, and circle, t- <laughs> circle, t- circle, circle jerk. A friendly, a friendly, congratulatory circle jerk. Okay, gross. Um, I'm Grant Devoist. Let me get my name in there right after that. <laughs> I'm Cole Deluski. Yeah, and uh, this week we are jumping right back into the life of Joseph, which uh, I'm excited for. I'm always excited, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, you're never. But um. I'm excited. I'm actually, I'm actually really excited. I felt like this whole Bible has just been shit, and then now we're finally getting to where it's good. Yeah. So we're in chapter thirty-nine now. Um, if you're following along in your Bibles, I wonder if anyone. Why would you do that? Don't do it. We're doing it for you. We're, we're fucking wait, going that's on right. the effort. The what whole do, point of this podcast is that you're not op- opening a Bible. What would be the benefit? You know? Trust us. Just yeah. trust us. So yeah, the last we heard of Jacob, or sorry, the last we heard of Joseph was a couple chapters back, and he was getting sold into slavery, and we were debating whether or not that was uh, the right thing to do with him. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's always there's always the controversy of selling your brother into slavery. You never know, you know. You hope for the best. Well, yeah. You hope it all works out. You're, I'm sure as they were leaving, they're like, "Do you think we made the right decision, you guys? Do you think that was?" The... But um, you know. Here he is, for better or for worse. It's part of God's plan. I can uh, tell you that much. <laughs> um, I think it might be part of God's plan. We're, we're getting to the more mysterious. Uh, um, you know, I think prior to this chapter, 
or this at least arc god was not a very mysterious dude he's like oh yeah you guys are gonna go here and then he just sort of was like no and he just shoved him in that way but uh here we're now we're talking dreams and fucking mystery and riddles and shit so it's a little bit um something i thought was interesting is that i just watched um king of dreams joseph king of dreams the dreamworks movie we saw it you you saw it too right yeah yeah i watched it as well i didn't want you to come in with all this like uh, animated Bible preparation and we have to have it. <laughs> and we, we need to be on the equal footing. But something I thought was interesting was that it's not, it is accurate, I guess, to the spirit of the story. I'll give them that. And it was, I, I, I hated the beginning and then towards the end, I was like, yeah, it's kind of a funny little movie. Um, yeah. So I, I give it, I give it a three out of five stars. But um, I give it a one out of five stars, but go on. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I, I, I was entertained. A hard one. Uh, but I thought that was funny was that uh, at the beginning, they're like, hey, we've edited some things, we've changed some things around, and things have been edited, but we, you know, so I was like, oh yeah, why not? It's just the word of God. Don't You don't need to take it verbatim. You guys are the guys that did Trek. You don't need to stick to the fucking source material. <laughs> <laughs> I trust you. Fucking so uh, uh, Smash Mouth, I get it. You guys are on the same page. You fucking do whatever you want. <laughs> you yes. To- well, the, the worst parts were like, for one, they made Jacob instantly believe Joseph which he kind of like pokes fun at him in the actual Bible. The other thing yeah. is they completely erased Reuben from the story, which has a lot of uh, reason to it. It's not coincidence that they erased Reuben. And that's right. because you can see in the Bible, they start erasing Reuben and Judah starts becoming more important. Right. right? And that's mm-hmm. because the idea at least is that by the time they were writing the Joseph story, which was much further down the line than when it happened, they were like, Oh man, actually uh, Reuben's tribe is pretty much completely gone. Judah's tribe is the important one now. Let's ingratiate ourselves to them instead. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on, and that animated show uh, just backed it up, I think. Fake news. Yeah. Oh, you think Joseph's better than Judah? And I'm, like, coming from the Bible. I was like, Judah sucks. Why are you fucking... What's this Judah fucking hype train? He's terrible. King David, dude. Just wait. It's going to blow your socks off. I'm blow my fucking socks off. But uh, that was funny. Um, so where are we? Uh, so last... he is in Egypt now. So he got the Ishmaelites he was sold to for 20 pieces of silver. They take him down to Egypt, which is, I guess, yeah, that's the place to do the trade, right? They got the Nile River. They got the the Sphinx, I think, probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, they certainly oh, have this. This is definitely well after the pyramids, so. Well, I think the Jews are about to build the pyramids. <laughs> no, I think, well, I don't know. I, I don't know the timeline. I think the grand... I have no, I have no, that's definitely, I, no I don't know if that's true. That's definitely like the, uh, Christian biblical Is interpretation. Is that the Jews made the pyramids? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening in the uh, I think Prince the historical Egypt. context is that, uh, Giza, the big ass pyramid, I think, um, predates Joseph. I mean, there's no, histo- first of all. Yeah, Joseph There's is no it's historical hard to evidence of Joseph or a Jewish grand vizier or a Hebrew grand vizier or any of that shit. None of this stuff. There was no, no, no. Right? There is. There really? is a Hebrew a point in time where he uh, there was a group of outsiders from Western Canaan ruling parts of Egypt, which is what some people point to as the Joseph situation. Although that's a little sketchy. All right, you'll have to you'll have to point me to that. It's I like in seventeen I, to sixteen hundred BC or something. Anyways. The the sources I read was that there was no historicity to this, and that actually what I read was that the entire Joseph fable, first of all, you can tell that it's a little bit different from the rest of the Bible. It's definitely written differently. It has more of a 
je ne sais quoi. You know, it's, a bit, it's just yeah. a much better story than Jacob. Or it has more sense. It has more of an um, actual myth- mythological uh, thread to it. Well, yeah, um, the others are all more of like what I was talking about, schematic narrative, where like they're clearly set up to have a, teach you a lesson, whereas this is just like a cool story. It's a fun read. So the way I heard it was that the prior stories are oral traditions that were then codified, whereas this is an entirely literary like someone just wrote this shit. Like this is a fiction. Yeah. And um I don't want to get too far down this uh this rabbit hole before we actually start talking about the story. But uh there's kind of an at least somewhat of a of a concurrence in scholarship that this story was adopted from another group of people. And they just sort of plug and played it into the Jacob uh, family line. Oh, cultural appropriation. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Joseph is now <laughs> Joseph nice. is now a slave in Egypt, and he belongs to Potiphar, an officer of the pharaoh and captain of the guard, who bought him from the Ishmaelites. Yes, Potiphar, which means of the sun, which got me. Oh. I was listening to some Rage Against the Machine. Right. Some p- people of the sun for this one. I mean, oh. I know that's about the. Like Aztec people, but uh, still. Just as good. It was fun. Um, but the Lord was with Joseph, and he's got God's back, and everyone's got his back. So he's just like, oh, man. And also, they say this a bunch, but apparently Joseph is a handsome dude. Yeah. I'm not well, quite sure what the purpose or the context of it is. I mean, I guess it makes sense later. It, but it does make sense later. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you talking about? fucking guy. <laughs> I, can, I, I had trouble keeping my mind out of the gutter during the whole story. Yeah, <laughs> just thinking about his oiled Western Canaanite skin. skin. Yeah, mm. and then when they did him up like an Egyptian, you know, they probably like in the movie they put the little, uh, the like under eye makeup on him. Oof! Yeah. I was like, oh, my little goth Ooh. boy, oh, goth daddy, <laughs> goth daddy. <laughs> put put some fucking leather chaps on him. <laughs> um, so he becomes the slave, but because he's so fucking great, it doesn't explain in the movie by DreamWorks, which again, I, it wasn't particularly uh, make a lot of fucking sense to me. Uh, they, they try to paint him as some fucking like genius, like whatever. Uh, yeah. Like he's a, so smart that they're like, oh, we're going to put you in charge because you're just, you just understand shit. You know, he's like, like everyone's just trying to shove these square fucking pegs in a round holes. He's like, hey, hey, guys, guys, round pegs. And they're like, fuck, why aren't you in charge? You should be doing everything. You're the best slave. Best slave. Well, it's funny that in the movie, yeah, they had to like show uh, Jacob teaching him how to read and how to do all this different stuff because in the Bible, it completely yada yada yadas over why he's so good. It just says, when uh, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he had, Joseph found favor in his eyes. So it's like, what does that even mean? What what do you do? If you're the guy that's like supposed to scrub the floors every day, how is he going to be like, oh, look, the Lord is helping him scrub the floors. <laughs> Like he just he just he just rubs his finger on the inside of his toilet. He's like, my God, you could eat off this. <laughs> Truly, a miracle from God. <laughs> Did Joseph do this? Joseph, you're in charge of everything. I could tell this was Joseph. I'm gonna fucking eat off this toilet. That's how good a good a dude you are. So uh, Potiphar puts Joseph in charge of everything. He works his way up. A real success story, you know. From cleaning the toilets to being grand overseer. So now Joseph's in charge of the other slaves. That's a real. I don't know why, but for some reason, I have a note here on uh, chapter 39, verse 5, Leprechaun. I don't know why I wrote Leprechaun. <laughs> oh, great. Well, I'm glad we had that in the podcast. It's great. I, I think maybe because, like, no, I don't know why. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> I wrote Leprechaun. Great. Um, but 
and we've seen this before. So he's a sexy fucking dude who's beneath him. And as we've seen in the Bible a lot, if there's someone who like is underneath you uh, in class and status and they're sexy, you just you just make your move. You just make them have it. And wow. uh, you move on them like a bitch. You move on them like a bitch is what you do. You know, you fucking Harvey Weinstein them. That's what the Bible just time and time again. Plenty of examples. Uh, and Potiphar's wife sees sexy ass Joseph and is like, lie with me, lie with me. She wants to fucking bang. And do you know what this had me thinking about? Uh, what would be a good name for like a, what they should have called the movie instead mm-hmm. of whatever it was, King of Dreams? Okay. Fif- <laughs> 50 Shades of Coat. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his multicolored uh, coat. All right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Potiphar's wife is, I'm assuming Potiphar, though a man of much wealth, kind of has that like rich old dude syndrome going on like maybe he's not uh you know performing he's got like a young sexy hot wife Mm -hmm. Uh, and so some it says yeah it says she's beautiful she's maybe not even a cougar i mean let's face it yeah i mean she could be joseph's age potiphar's rich yeah he probably yeah so let's assume he has a young hot sexy wife just just crossing and uncrossing her legs in front of joseph yeah and, filthy. Uh, yeah, filthy. And uh, she's like, Joseph, come over here and bring that dick down on me. Eat this it's ass, fu- you know. It's funny because uh, Abraham and Isaac, his grandfather and great-grandfather, spent all this time worried about uh, getting cuckolded. And then it turns <laughs> out they're the ones doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, worried. It's like, oh, man, someone's going to try to fuck my wife. What they never let themselves open is to the possibility that people would be bringing their wives to them, you know. Yeah, like why would just be coming out of the woodwork like ticks, um, termites? This is what you get from uh, generation after generation of hardcore inbreeding. You get this beautiful boy Joseph. Yeah, yeah, that's that always happens. Uh, have you ever seen the Habsburg? The best paintings. You ever look at the yeah, yeah. those guys? They're great. Or like uh, Roy Moore. <laughs> oh God, his countenance. Yeah. Uh, um, so she calls him to bed. Now, here's something interesting. Um, it says that she does this while the house is empty, right? Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to my boy uh, James L. Kugel again. So he talks about there's some explanations for what might have been going on here that paint Joseph in not quite the perfect light that you get from the story. Mm-hmm. That he would have known if the house was empty, it had to have been because there was some sort of a festival going on. There's just too many slaves and things in a in a great household like this so there would have been something happening joseph would have known kind of what was he was being set up for this and he would have at least been tempted and it was only at the last second that he uh pulled out so to speak oh oh, oh. uh so so he he's playing with fire is what you mean yeah yeah like he kind of he kind of knew what she was wanting of him and was at least teased by the idea yeah, yeah, she's probably flirting with him a little bit, and uh, like everyone's like, "Oh, we're going to the festival. They're gonna hang. They're, they're, we're doing those crucifixions everyone loves so much." And everyone's like, "Yeah, that's great. Um, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there later." And then he's like, just rubbing the window and like bent over so he can just show off his hot ass. <laughs> she's over there just chewing on her fucking lip, like, "Oh, Joseph." So she uh, she tries to lure him in, and for whatever reason, he does not uh, give in. Well, he says he specifically says. Um, there is no like, one greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. 
How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Um, so I guess basically he's like, uh, you know what? Potiphar trusted me and I'm not going to break his fucking trust. Hell yeah. This is the first guy in this story that's a legit dude. Yeah. I mean, no. compare him to Judah, who uh, just sees a woman in a veil and immediately just asks to jizz inside of her, you know? Uh, Joseph actually has... We're seeing sort of the first instance. I think the first instance in the entire Bible where someone resists temptation. Yeah, every other time. It's, oh, they raped our sister. We're going to kill their whole city. Oh, mm. there's... Uh, <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Just every opportunity, they screwed yeah. up. So, oh, there's yeah. a lady oh. with her face covered. Uh, how much? How much? I want to fuck. Oh, Hagar? You want me to knock up Hagar? Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm knock up Hagar. Then cast her to death? Don't care. Don't care. Nothing about it that bothers me. Um, but so she keeps, she keeps like, Joseph, Joseph, fuck me, fuck me so hard. She just bent over on things. Like Joseph is like, can I please just get past? I'm just trying to get this laundry in. She's like, I, I know a place you could dump your load. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, away uh, with words. These write themselves. But, um, now here's something I thought was interesting. So he's like, she's, she just clawing at him. She just, she's just getting nastier and nastier with him. So she's like, Joseph, come over here. And he's like, no, leave me. Leave me be. And he runs off and she like rips his fucking tunic, which is the second time. People in this time don't respect fabrics is what I've Yeah, noticed. they don't. They're always renting things. They're, yeah. They're just, and I don't mean leasing them out. I mean the old school renting where you tear it up. Oh, Jesus Christ. But <laughs> Fantastic. I just want to make sure. Everyone knew what that meant. Yeah, that's probably why he's not even that into her. Is that she just doesn't respect fabrics? She, she probably saw her. Fabrics. She probably she's probably rich enough that she has like a uh, like a actual legit handkerchief, and he just saw her tear it. He's like, Mm-mm. no, that's not how we treat fabrics. That's not how we treat textiles here. So uh, she I can't respect you. She basically takes this rejection like any man would, <laughs> and uh, decides to be as vengeful as possible. So she tears his clothes which is now her piece of evidence, right? Mm -hmm. So she goes to Potiphar and is like, look, uh, you're probably wondering why I have a torn piece of Joseph, your servant's clothes. Although I guess they would have called him, what, not Joseph. Oh, no, he's still Joseph at this point. So, yeah, so she takes the uh, torn piece of clothing. She's like, look, Joseph just tried to rape me. I fought him off. Obviously, I have this torn shirt. Mm -hmm. She's like, I screamed. Something I thought was interesting is that I I think this is the first time we ever see anti-Semitism in the Bible. Uh, is Genesis thirty nine fourteen, and then he called to them, and she called to the men of the house and spoke to them, saying, "See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside." You're saying uh, you thought that was the first mention of Hebrews? Well, like Hebrews is in these fucking like why why mention he's a Hebrew? You know what I mean? Sure, sure. It's like it's like when they kill someone, they're like, oh, black teen, broken hands. Like, well, I mean, why are we bringing that up? What, what's, I don't what, know. What are, you trying to, what, what are you trying to guide the conversation are you, to? Are you saying you don't expect uh, humans to other others? Uh, I think that's what they do. Uh, yeah, that's what they do. I, I, I just love that she, like, all of a sudden now, like, she's, she was craving that dick a second ago. Oh my god, that's just so... I just realized the context here. It's just so typical that she was like, Oh yeah, bang me, bang me, you exotic man. And he's like, No, I don't want any of your shit. And she's like, This goddamn Hebrew... Hebrew. This fucking Hebrew comes into our house. Husband. I mean, it's typical, like, you know, the, like, really shitty sort of loser rejection thing. So what we have here is some Emmett Till situation. 
Where? <laughs> I thought you were going to do a Duke lacrosse joke, but fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> No, Emmett Till. It's fucking Emmett Till to a T. Did you think I was going to do... I mean, I guess both, but... Yeah. So, the anyway, cross-team guys got away with it. Uh, Pot- Potiphar, against what would seem like common sense, decides to believe his wife. Um, he heard the story from his wife and says, so, you know, basically he makes the same argument Joseph did. He says, so I gave you all this fucking power, and this is how you treat me? You And, of course, throws him in prison. Um... So an interesting thing I read in one of my midrashes is that the punishment for this is fucking death. Um, but Potiphar, knowing that his wife is a fucking whore uh, and that this probably had happened before, uh, asked the pharaoh to take leniency, and that's why he gets a prison sentence. Yeah, which is what they showed in that shitty movie we watched. Yeah, yeah. So oddly enough, that shitty movie. Well, I guess I guess there's nothing more accurate than the Bible. That's the per se, that's the one deep dive that they took. The one deep dive was him just being like, "God damn it, my fucking wife's a skank." Yeah. So uh, he gets he gets thrown in prison, right? And uh, it's crazy because as soon as he gets thrown in prison, it says uh, the Lord was still with him. He shows up. He's kind to the prison warden, and the prison warden's like, "Oh, this guy's awesome." So like everyone that he ends up working for is like, holy shit, I love this dude. Is that is that his curse? Is that everyone that he's sees him likeable. wants a piece of that ass in their own way? You know? Oh, you think it was a sexual thing? I just assume I don't think it's a like, sexual thing. I just mean that like when you meet handsome dudes, I mean I I I, I know I know what it's like to me. You just assume they're good people. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you just there's just there's just um like Ted Bundy. Exactly like Ted Bundy. Like you're like, oh man, this guy. I just want to make him part of my life. I just want to hang out with us. Hey, what are you doing yeah. next Friday? You go to some mixers or what? Are you doing? Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> so that, so that's the end of chapter thirty nine. So now we've gone from he had a crazy little uh, upshot and then downshot. Right? He he's in slavery, but he gets with this cool guy. The cool guy promotes him, and then the cool guy's wife uh, accuses him falsely of rape, and boom, he's back in jail. So now he's. Yeah. Back at the bottom of the totem pole again after uh, quite a rise in power. Mm. And uh, he's going to spend a lot of time in this jail, though, you know. So so do you think it's like a Duke lacrosse fake rape thing? I, I went Emmett Till with it, but. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't. I can't say that I thought about it. Huh. I yeah. thought it was. Uh, I thought it was, I was going to leave that up to you. <laughs> leave it to my discretion on this fake rape yeah. charge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, this revisionist. Uh, right. He's like, please believe me. I never touch your bitch wife. He's like, oh, you tried to fuck my wife. Like, your wife's hideous. Like, there's no way out of here for you. (laughs) But she's not hideous. No, I'm sure she's hot. But my point is, like, how would you argue that? If you got accused from rape by your boss. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're you're pretty much screwed in that point. Which is why I think even if Potiphar agreed with him, you can't take the shame of, you know, trusting your slave over your wife. That's, That's almost as bad as him actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's why he had to go to jail. So he's in jail now. We're in chapter 40. And uh, it's been a while. It's just sometime later. And there is a cupbearer and a baker who worked for Pharaoh himself, but had offended him. So I was trying to decide how they offended him. Do you think that, uh, now this is just my personal interpretation. I'm figuring that they showed up for like a Halloween party in, in blackface. <laughs> that's how they he's like, he's like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. Uh, that's... Um... I'm assuming that when they were doing the Egyptian national anthem, that they both took a deal. <laughs> they both did what? They both took a deal, 
Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah, what are you guys doing? It was like, I, there's been a lot of uh, guard uh, uh, oppression against some of the people, and we're not with that. You know? And I'm like, oh. You're going Throw to the kneelers in jail, right? Yeah, lock them up. Twitter a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I. Th- that's what I said. I went straight to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was one of those things, I'm sure. It probably was. Uh, it probably was to uh, rile his base. If I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So he puts uh, the man. It's, so this is the number one cupbearer. Which I don't. I mean, what does that even mean? You fucking hold a goblet. Right, and the number one baker. How which is actually dare you? You don't cool. think being a fucking cup bear is hard? Have you ever tried holding a cup? Do you think he does like all kinds of cups? I assume. I assume that his whole deal is that the emperor is there lazing on a chase lounge, and you you bring him the cup, but then you got to feed him the grapes and stuff, and you got to put pits of cheese in his mouth. You know? Yeah. Like I think that's pretty labor intensive. You got to be on your feet all day. You know? Uh, yeah, I can see it, and. If you're the cupbearer, are you like tasting it for poison too? Like, I mean, what kind of person are you that you just uh, denigrate people in the service positions? You know, I guess I'm that kind of person. Yeah, you're know. a piece of shit. Yeah, you know? I stand with them. And I kneel with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he's got these two people that are of quite high import in the in the pharaoh's household, and uh, they're having a rough spot of it. Yeah, they're in jail. They're stuff. So, he, so the whole point is that he, uh, the butler and the baker get sent to jail with Joseph, and they're just they're not they're dandies. They're not made for the prison life. Not the way Joseph is, you know. Yeah, um, he's a hardened slave now. And this this is actually getting pretty badass. So each of them have a dream, and Genesis forty five. Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream. Both of them. Each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. Now Which we're right you, at Joseph's alley now. This yeah, is his Joseph's thing. like, that's my fucking thing. I fucking love dreams. I mean, I'm all about it. And he goes all fucking Miss Cleo on their ass. You know? <laughs> he does. But here's the stupid thing. I could have told you what these dreams meant. Really? You think you could have told what these dreams yeah. meant? Okay. okay, let's try. Let's try. Okay, give it to me. So, uh, the chief cupbearer tells his dream first. He says, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. There were three branches. As soon as it budded, a blossom, it's uh, clusters of grapes ripened. Um, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes, squeezed them. Boom. I made him wine. What does that dream mean? It means you're going to make it. You're going to, you're going to be his cupbearer again. No, come on. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go back. Uh, yeah. I, I guess they're, well, I mean, how fucking obscure do you want the Bible to be? Be like, Oh, what was your dream? Oh, three rabbits ran across and one of them hopped over the other. He's like, well, you're going to have a child, and his name is going to be... <laughs> like, yeah, like, oh, yeah I do want that. Uh, I want a little bit of uh, but, but, smoke and mirrors. But here's here's the funny shit. So the the uh, the butler's like, hey, here's my dream. They're all looking all sad and shit. And Joe's like, why the long face? They're like, oh, here's my dream. I just don't know what my fucking dream means, you know? This is the first time I've ever had a fucking dream, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't... Like, we all have dreams. We don't fucking know what they mean. The fuck are you talking about? You can get all butthurt about it. But, um... So they have this dream, and Joseph interprets like, "Hey, don't worry. In three days, you're gonna go right back to work. You're gonna go back to bringing a cup to a rich old dick." And like, he oh, says, don't forget me. Yeah, but 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 um, uh, Genesis forty fourteen. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me, and make mention of me to the Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. Yeah. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here. And then should whatever he's fucking so. The guy's like, oh, man, please interpret my dream. And Joe's like, oh, yeah, man, your dream's fine. You're going to be great. Don't forget me. Get me out of here. Yeah, like, I mean, that's reasonable, 
right? I guess. I mean, uh, tit for tat. Yeah. He's probably getting ripped. That's prison rules, dude. That's prison rules. He's like, yeah. Like, if I, let's say that we're in prison together and I see someone about to shank you, but I like go over and, you know, whatever. Let me ask you a question. If you were in, if you were in jail, and you'd been accused of rape. Would you tell people that you were innocent? Or would you just like be like, well, if I'm here, I better fucking... I don't want to seem weak. But I am innocent, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah I, would st- I would stick to my innocence. Oh, no. I'd, I, I'd probably... I think once you're in there, I'd man up. I'd be like, yeah, man, I'd, and I'll do it, it to you. You better not fucking touch my cornbread. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm already like pretty hopelessly crippled. So it's not... <laughs> I don't know. No one's... I'm going to have to go off of being like the innocent, nice, crippled boy. Yeah. I hope they leave me alone. Yeah, I hope they don't just carry you off. Yeah. Oh, boy. Hey, were we ever going to talk about... No, but I was going to say... Remember the last time I talked about prison rape, you shot me down. Is this... Is, are we ready now, or... Do you want to save it for later? The first, the first time I talked about um, the American institutionalized prison rape. Yeah, we were going to talk about You shot this. me down, and I was like, oh, let's bring it up later. <laughs> when is there going to be a good time for that? <laughs> when is there going to be a good time to cover that? Oh, fuck. So... The butler he sends on his way. He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna be good. Just don't forgive me." Here's where the baker's an idiot. So the butler hears, assuming I'm assuming the butler hears this, or sorry, the baker hears the whole conversation between Jacob. Oh, God damn, he hears the whole conversation between Joseph mm-hmm. and the butler, the the cupbearer, and he's like, "Oh man, that guy had a good dream, and and Joseph gave him a good interpretation." I should tell him about my horrible, depressing dream and see what the outcome is of this. Yeah. He's like, oh, that worked out for the butler. Hey, my turn. My turn next. And um, this is the dream he has for Joseph. I was in my dream, and there were three white baskets on my head. In the uppermost basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the baskets on my head. So he's got some baskets on my head. He's got three of them, and there's a bunch of birds just eating all his fucking bread. And Joseph answered, uh, the three baskets are three days, and within three days, the pharaoh will fucking lift your head off and hang you from a tree, and the birds will eat your fucking flesh. <laughs> oh, shit. God, could he not, like, pat it a little bit? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> the first guy's like, hey, man, I had a dream. And he's like, oh, my sweet baby, you're going to be free of all this place. Don't you ever worry about it. In three days, you're going to be back at work. You're going to have freedom, the sun, the sky, the water, everything. And he's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. What about me? You're going to be hung from a fucking tree. That's birds a- are going to eat your face. <laughs> yeah, birds are going to eat your fucking face, and your dick is going to fall off into the desert. Like, oh. And, like, <laughs> and it says he impaled him. That'll Ooh. be $5. <laughs> Can I- or all of your stuff, because you're not going to need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, sweet boy Pharaoh. So so three days later, it's the Pharaoh's birthday, and he makes a feast for all his servants, and he lifts the chief butler back. Uh, you know, like oh, you're you know what, you're back to being the chief butler. You know what, oopsie doopsie, mm-hmm. we're all good. Uh, but the baker he hangs and then takes off his fucking head. What was Pharaoh's mindset here? He's like, man, no one else can hold a cup like you. <laughs> I gotta have to skip that. As far as skilled labor, I'm not saying being a cupbearer is easy, but being a baker is kind of fucking hard. I mean, I, yeah, I, I feel like I if, you a, if you have a if you have a baker who's good enough to be the chief baker, I feel like I'd let that guy slide. Unless it was really well, maybe, bad. yeah, maybe he wasn't good enough. That's probably all he did wrong. Not enough yeast. He saw him. He, he saw the trumpets coming out and the fucking flags waving, and the baker goes down on his knee. And he's like, "I don't give a fuck how good your fucking sourdough is. You're going to fuck." Yeah, got him. So 
uh, the cupbearer gets out. Everything's restored to him, and somehow he fucking forgets about the guy that hooked him up. Yeah. The one guy, it, he's like, oh, yeah, thank you for restoring me. Well, although, to be honest, if I had a dream and someone was like, by the way, you're going to be fine, I'd be like, all right. Uh, I don't know that I'd feel, like, I'd be like, well, I was going to feel fine anyway. I don't need that, you know. Yeah, but what if you were in jail expecting death, and they said, not only are you going to be fine, you're going to be out of jail in three days, and then you were out of jail in three days? That, I feel like that would have a little more impact on you than you're going to be fine. Like, right? uh, let me ask you a question. If you, like, went to, like, a hand psychic, and you had a lottery ticket. A hand like, psychic? You mean a know. fucking palm reader, you idiots? I don't fucking know what these gypsies do. I don't know what the fucking name is. But okay, a hand psychic. A hand Go psychic. Ahead. You got a hand psychic, you know? Um. And you hand her a fucking lottery ticket, and you're like, is this going to win? She's like, oh, you're going to win millions of dollars. Make sure you give me a cut. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go off and not ever see you fucking again is what I'm going to fucking do. I'm not going to hang around, you know? I give guess. We hadn't agreed to that before you interpreted my fucking dream, all right? Now you're going to come around. This is and- more like if she said you bought a lottery ticket today and it's going to win. I don't if think you- the butler owes Joseph shit, to be honest. You know, I wouldn't uh, doubt Yeah, I mean, presumably... Presumably not, right? Because we can only assume that it was going to happen regardless of whether or not the dream was read. But, right. I mean, that was three days that he didn't have to sit there waiting for death. Let, let me tell you minute. something. If I get out of prison, the last thing I'm going to do is go to the pharaoh and vouch for a rapist. Why not? <laughs> Be like, I mean, he oh, does. Man. Hey, he man, does thank eventually. you later. But, uh, by the way, I know this rapist. who uh, He's I'm, a good guy. Get him out of there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Pharaoh threw him in prison in the first place for forgetting something. Right? That's what everything points to here. He's just a forgetful guy. You think he's just, yeah. a, think he's just a goof? Because this is the crazy part. We, we hop right into chapter 41 here. It's kind of a abrupt transition. But uh, in chapter 41, it says, all right, it's been two years later. Basically, you get the little sub subtitle thing. Yeah, Joseph's been in jail for two years. So two years later, Joseph's been in jail this whole time, probably getting jacked. Had it up. Hopefully. Yeah. Converting to Islam. I, I don't know. On that on that movie, he was alone in a cave, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I assumed he was getting jacked. If I had two years in prison, I could jacked. Sure. And that's the only reason why it would ever work out. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and he has a dream. Um, he has a dream that there are seven river cows. Pharaoh has this dream. Yeah, the Pharaoh. So the Pharaoh. So two years later, the Pharaoh is having a dream, and he has he has a dream of seven fat, thick, good-looking cows feeding in the meadows. And then seven other cows show up, and they're ugly, and they're gaunt, and they look like absolute horseshit. And they eat up all the other cows, and uh, at the end of it, they still looked skinny and shitty. That's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't want to see a cow eat another cow. I assume that, I mean, we're talking dream logic here, but I assume it opened its jaw like a fucking anaconda and just swallowed whole. Oof, yeah. <laughs> just covered it in there. Like maybe, fucking... maybe they were anacondas, but Pharaoh didn't know what an anaconda was. So he hmm. just thought it was a really skinny cow. <laughs> <laughs> a skinny, legless cow. <laughs> With scales. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
on the second night, he had a... If he, if he asked me an interpretation of the dream, that's what I would have said. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like the, the pharaoh snakes. comes to you, the wise man, be like, what do you think that dream means? It was like, have you ever heard of an anaconda? That's what it is. You gotta go, we gotta read an encyclopedia about anacondas. That's your... <laughs> Thank you, sir. Oh, man. Whatever I pay you, it's not enough. Um, on the second night, he has a dream... Um, which one is this? Oh, that a grain of stock with seven thick, plump heads comes up. And then on the east wind, uh, seven thin heads came up and blighted the fucking grains. Sure. Basically the same dream, obviously. So how would you how would you interpret those dreams? Well, let me say this. So what does Pharaoh do? He wants someone to interpret it for him, right? Let's mm-hmm. lead with that. If having crazy fucked up horrible dreams was caused to go to the dream guy i would be there every day i would <laughs> live with it i had a dream that batman was trying to kill me recently mm-hmm. like what does that say if the, the arbiter of justice wants me dead um Yikes. i had a i had i had some crazy fucking nightmares the other day because i'd just been popping dramamine like oh, 40 why? 50 a day why why were you doing right that? before i go to bed i don't know <laughs> I was worried about getting seasick. No, that I just uh, make you trip balls. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not a good trip. Uh, you know what it is? You never want. Uh, I'm like those guys that like sweet and sour pork. Like someone's like, "Hey, man, this is gonna be a real good time." I was like, "I don't really want too sweet." Then we do a bunch of drama meat and have horrific nightmares all day oh, long. Nice. Yeah, if yeah. there's any kids listening, you can buy drama meat <laughs> over the counter. <laughs> um. Man. You know what, what I interpreted it as? Tips. I assumed it was a reference to our fat phobic society and diet culture, or, you know, intermingling with the obviously Ooh. racist Western ideals of beauty. You know? Yeah, and so that all these skinny models right are coming along, and it's all about that's how I interpret it. Is that you've got these thick girls, you know, BBWs? I don't know the fucking terms. You know, they're just curvy and vivacious and lovely and morbidly obese. And you know they're really hot if you thought about it, if you really gave it a, a second, you know, a second's mindset. But we're all just trained to love gaunt, sickly, thin, uh, you know, elbows like fucking knives, women. You know. Yeah, that's probably what the dream meant. Actually, I think Joseph missed the mark. He missed the mark. Yeah. You know? But then in this analogy, I think those cows are made for eating. So I don't know. Is that really how we want to think about our women? Uh, yeah, you devour them. Um, okay. Devour their spirit and their hope and their dreams. That's uh, what you do. Fair, fair, fair. So he has the two He has the two exact same dreams in a row. Roughly, right? yeah. One about cows, one about wheat. It's all the same shit. And, and he's, uh, he wakes up, he's troubled, and he goes to his magicians. Like you do. You like you call, do. <laughs> you, you go get Joe Bluth, and you're like, what is this? <laughs> There's just a guy who's just fucking doing card tricks and making coins disappear, and he's like, you there. I had a crazy fucking dream. I need you to interpret it, or you'll die. He's like, all right, well, I need you to pick a card. Sir, sir, I entertain children at birthday parties. I have no fucking clue what you fucking dreams me. Do you know what I do? This this did make me pine for is mm-hmm. the days when, like, magicians were important. That would be... That sounds uh, like fun. Yeah, that would be fun because I consider them to be the exact opposite now. Like, if someone was like, if someone was like, I'm like, hey, who's uh, who's handling your uh, IRA and your finances? It'd be like, that guy over there. And there was just a dude just pulling swords out of his mouth. I'd be like, don't go to that guy. <laughs> I don't give a shit what his credentials are. That's not a fucking person you want to trust. 
I would just pulling a fucking kerchief out of his mouth endlessly. (laughs) I'd I'd let him take my SATs for me. (laughs) I'd let him hang out with my uh, wife when no one's in the house. Huh. Okay. So finally, the chief butler, he's hearing about this. He's like, hey, there's a guy with the pharaoh's got these crazy fucking dreams. There's a a thousand dollars, a thousand shekels to the man who invented. That's not what's said. But anyway, the pharaoh's like, fucking give me this fucking dream. I need someone to interpret my dreams. And And, uh, uh, finally, the cupbearers remembers after two years, right? So like, wow, you couldn't have, uh, you couldn't have done this sooner. I mean, like what, this is his first dream in two years. No one's mentioned that. And also, is this the butler's first dream in two years? No one's had a dream in this time. No one thought that the guy who can understand magic dreams would be important. Yeah, go figure. Every uh, morning you don't wake up being chased by a fucking baby, you know, dressed like Takashi 6ix9ine, and you go, what the fuck's that? You know, oh, I better fucking... <laughs> Great. No, precisely. <laughs> yeah. And so it's fun. The the butler basically... Why do you keep... Is he a butler? Does he's he do a everything? Cup bear. I he's just a cup butler. bear. Mine calls, right. calls him a butler. King so James. the butler the butler basically tells... Uh, um, Pharaoh exactly what happened, right? He's like, all right, this guy can't, you know, I was in jail. He told me it was going to happen. It happened exactly how he predicted. Mm-hmm. So Pharaoh's like, all right, fuck it. We'll try it. I'll try the, the Hebrew prisoner rapist. I mean, honestly, what does he up. have to lose? You know? Yeah. Let's go get that. Go get that rapist out of jail. Uh, yeah. to me, what this would interpret it like is like, uh, like a man. Well, Okay. I was like, imagine, like, oh, I'm so sad, I'm so sad. And then someone's like, oh, you know who knows great jokes? And they're like, what? Who? Who is it? I was like, I got this guy, Bill Cosby. He's uh, he's in jail right now, but uh, I think you should give him, a, bring him up here to say some jokes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Wait, yeah. <laughs> is that? That was it. That was all. There's, yeah. I guess everyone still has a purpose. Good one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, just because you go to jail doesn't mean you stop having yeah, those skill sets that made you famous. You know. Would you really want Cosby telling jokes, even if he wasn't a rapist? <laughs> I don't know if I could go back to. Jail. I, I I thought about that uh, earlier. Is that uh, yeah? Because okay, so he's accused of rape. Uh, raping the captain of the guard's wife, pretty high punishment, I think. And the pharaoh's like, I need someone to interpret my dreams. They're like, well, you got this rapist. You can get him out of jail. They don't really care. Um, and I was talking about, like, I guess the idea of second chances is like, um, yeah. I was thinking to myself, do you think Louis C.K. deserves a second chance? Let's I don't start know, there. Or, or care. I, that's not up to me. Well, not, I, not, I guess not a second didn't... chance in, to, to society, but I mean, a second chance to you. Like, if Louis <sighs> C.K. was like, oh, yeah, Louis C.K. is playing. Would you go see a set? Probably not, no. I don't know. I, I think I give Louis C.K. a pass, but if yeah, Cosby more... was like coming back and do a set... Yeah, I... obviously Cosby does not get a second chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like, <laughs> yes, I'll acknowledge that they're different situations. How about that? Yeah, I'll, I'll acknowledge... But I would say this. If Cosby was doing a second set, I'd be fucking fascinated about that. I'd be so we're curious. Talk, we're talking about a Bible, a book that's thousands of years old, right. and you cannot help but constantly bring... The most contentious points of modern society <laughs> into our conversations. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, I was like, this is safe. This is something that's safe to talk about with Cole. No, <laughs> there talk- isn't anything. You've got a rapist in jail, and he needs a second chance, right? Well, I think part of the reason that he gets a second chance, at least according to this animated movie we watched, uh, is, that, falsely is that Potiphar kind of knew that it was bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Because his wife was just like that. Okay, we're sending him to Yikes. jail for two years, but uh. yeah, yeah. Well, it was, I'm sure it was going to be longer, but again, the 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 wine holder, the cup holder, 
tells Pharaoh. Pharaoh pops him out of jail and he says, hey, can you do this? And what does Joseph say? He doesn't say, yeah. He says, no, I can't. But my God can. And then I'm sure he dropped a fat dab on him right there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, do you interpret dreams? He's like, no. And everyone goes, oh. And he's like, but my God can. They're like, oh, fuck, he did it. He did it. He fucking he tricked us. He tricked <laughs> the mad us. Man. Fucking, what a, what a bad lad. Um, so Pharaoh reiterates the dreams, right? We already heard about the dreams, yada, yada, yada. Um, and, uh, and go ahead. Joseph says to him, he interprets them. He says, all right, the, the two dreams are really just one, which is obvious, again. Yeah, like they're, they read the exact same. They're one and the same. The seven lean, ugly cows uh, that come... Okay, so first, no. First, we have the seven good cows and the seven good heads of grain. Those both represent seven years. And then the seven ugly cows that come after and the seven nasty, uh, worthless heads of grain that scorch them. Those are seven years of famine. So basically, we're going to have seven good years. And then seven shitty years are going to come up right after and sort of wipe out all the benefits of the good years. Yeah, you're going to have seven years of abundance and then seven years that are going to destroy Egypt. Yeah, completely undoing all the goodness Mm -hmm. unless of course you plan for it so the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following for it will be very severe and the dream was repeated to pharaoh twice because the thing is established by god and god will shortly bring it to pass how did you interpret that like is he saying that like by the way you're gonna have seven good years and then seven years where you will all likely be eradicated and uh, trust me you got it twice because god's really gonna fucking push that famine down your throat yeah, well, he wanted him to make sure that he was paying attention, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, who knows how subconscious works that maybe you would have done that anyway, but why am I getting into that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think that, um, I think that, so what's Joseph doing here? That's the big point. Do you think that he is gaming this at all? Or do you think that he's, obviously he's just a character in a story, sort of, but uh, um, you think there's I think- motive? So let's look at back at the big picture. If we're talking the grand scheme of things, of God working in mysterious ways. So when I was reading sort of the overarching themes of Genesis, which is kind of gradually coming to an end, mm-hmm. um, we talk about the fact that when... So Genesis is basically promises made, promises kept by God. You know? Sure. That he goes to Abraham and he's like, by the way, you're going to be a stranger in lands for 400 years and then I'm going to fucking deliver you. And then your descendants will be fucking the sands and the fucking hourglass or whatever the fuck. And you're going to have. Yeah, no, say, say fuck more, please. (laughs) That's what God did. But the point is, is that you kind of this whole story is God bringing that covenant to fruition. You know, you're going to be a fucking foreigner and you're going to hate all these people. And then finally, 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 now we're getting to the part where uh, it's the end game. You know, it's like that last bit in chess where now all the pieces have to start moving a little bit quicker. Yeah. So Joseph gets sold off by his brothers. He gets some dreams. He God goes to Joseph, gives him a bunch of dreams, makes it so everyone hates him. He gets sold into slavery. God brings him out of slavery, you know, unharmed, and then now puts him in a position where him and the Pharaoh are having a conversation where a famine that God is bringing with him, so God is making a famine and then putting Joseph just right there in the right position to be like, and also you should put me in charge. I'll stop that fucking nasty famine, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, he's he's not only is he there to interpret it, but he's also showed that he's like a, a competent dude. Yeah. And, of course, here when Pharaoh looks around at all his discerning wise men, um, 
he's appointing commissioners to, to run the show. Uh, he ends up settling on none other than Joseph as kind of the boss guy. So Joseph gives him this advice um, for the next, uh, literally until the famine, in the next seven years, take one-fifth of the produce and store it. Um, and I think there was something else that was like, the place where these farmers are farming is actually government property anyway. So when they're creating these uh, food, in a sense, it's the government's food. Like it's the government's production. The government is actually selling food back to the people, um, I guess, at a subsidized rate because they're growing it on government property in the first place. Yeah, Egyptian communism. Yeah, <laughs> each according to their merit. Uh, they've seen as the mean of production. Um uh, and they will store up the grain and let them keep food in the cities. And they're basically, he, the, Joseph's saying, make a reserve, like start stockpiling food, you know, so that we can survive this famine. And Pharaoh's like, well, that's a good fucking idea. All right, uh, who should we put in charge? How about you? Boo, 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 boo. You're doing so well. The crazy thing is that Pharaoh says, so this conversation started probably 10 minutes ago, right? Yeah. We're 10 minutes into this conversation, and Pharaoh says these exact words. Since God has made all this known to you, there's no one discerning and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of the palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So he went from a complete prisoner. Ten minutes later, he Convicted is rapist. literally second in charge. It's a reverse Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you can talk about Bill Cosby. Well, that's just a sh- come on. I'm just talking about his fall. So he went, he went from, from he went from convicted rapist. Uh, this is like a Trump appointee. You know, you just you take some people that got see? spurious backgrounds. Guess what? You're in charge of the Department of Agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, These things just don't stay buried either. Mm. So uh, yeah, so now Joseph's in charge. It's kind of it's kind of sick. Yeah. Uh, he's put in charge of all the land. He gets a signet ring uh, for his finger. He gets uh, dressed in robes of fine linen and a gold chain. He's in a rat video now. <laughs> Puts a gold chain around his neck. That's how you know he's made it. Um, uh, but I, I think it's an interesting point is that I guess I'd never thought about the fact that God is manufacturing this disaster in a sense so that Joseph can sort of have this battlefield promotion, you know. Like, Joseph would have had to work his way up, you know, normally, but now that things are in fucking chaos mode, you know, you have that little ability to work your way up, you know. And it's great because it's twofold. Not only is it putting him in a high position, but it's also going to bring people from all over to Egypt. Yeah, Because yeah. that's where the food's going to be. God's bringing a flood, and Joseph's the guy that makes boats. That's what we're Joseph at. is the boat boy. Joseph's the boat boy. Oh, funny. So, uh, at this point, uh, Pharaoh is... Or Joseph's like, you know, hey, Pharaoh, I am Pharaoh with, uh, oh, shit, I messed that one up. Scratch <laughs> that. So at this point, uh, Pharaoh says to Joseph, I'm Pharaoh. Without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all of Egypt. So again, just putting these accolades on him, making it clear that he is a uh, very close number two, and even gives him a new name. He's the hand Zaph- of the king. Zaphanath Panea, which means revealer of secrets or savior of the land, depending on your translation. Mm-hmm. He also gives Joseph a wife named Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, who is a priest. Not Potiphar, a different guy. Mm-hmm. Now, here's some fun fan theories. You want some fanfic? Give it to me. <clears throat> One of the rabbinic texts, right, the Midrash that I read, has that Asenath is not the biological daughter of Potipharah, but an adopted daughter because Potipharah's wife was unable to conceive. She is, in fact an orphan 
who came from Canaanite lands, who hmm. was Asenath's mother, according to this midrash. Let me see if you can guess. You get two guesses. Uh, are you talking about Dina? Yeah. Huh. So, it was so like this, is, that this is... That sounds like niece. a stretch. That's what it says. There's a, there's a... I'm not... Obviously, it's not even in the Bible, but one of the midrashes states that this is the daughter of Dinah and Shechem. Um, uh, the, the I actually baby. heard the opposite. So uh, because so she's the daughter of a pagan priest, and that um, when we start getting to like Deuteronomy and the things that are sort of when they talk about forbidding marriages to idolaters and stuff like that, uh-huh. that they were referring to Canaanites, whereas Egyptians are cool. So when they were like, "Oh yeah, well him marrying the daughter of a priest, it's fine because she's not a filthy fucking Canaanite." Huh. So I heard the exact my my Bible asserts the exact opposite, which uh, I mean again it's probably fiction, so who gives a shit? But <laughs> yeah, but there. It, it, I just want to at least throw that that theory out there because that's interesting. If mm-hmm. this is the daughter of Dinah, who uh, is otherwise not mentioned in the Bible, mm-hmm. well, uh, besides that one rough chapter, um, <laughs> that, that one, uh, that one. So he's low third. Point. Joseph's th- Joseph, the baby of the family, besides Benjamin, is thirty years old now. Uh, living high on the hog, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's she's traveling all over Egypt, making sure things are running. It's just great. Everything is fucking good. This is his. We have hit full redemption for him. Not, I mean, not that he needed to be redeemed, but I mean, yeah. the full arc of his story. From, but I mean, I will from, say this: Joseph was definitely a fucking shithead when he was living with his dad. At seventeen, yeah, yes, at seventeen, he whatever. He's still a shithead. I mean, we can make it got excuses to, as we want. Again, but. we we could we could we don't have to do this again. But oh you know, if your dad, if you're the favorite of the family, and your dad treats you like that, he had to go become a slave to learn to be humble. And now that's my point uh, is like, I don't care who's to yeah. blame. He was a fucking okay, shithead. Just the same way that like Jacob was a shithead and the way Isaac probably yeah, yeah. was a shithead. So he had a, he did have a redemption arc yeah. and he also had the whole favored son, slave, master of this house, prisoner, and now it, number two in all of Egypt. It kind of feels like a low key argument for corporal punishment for your shitty fucking kids, you know? Like, uh, Low key. like scared straight. High key. High key. High key. Your kid's being a shit. He's bragging about his fucking dreams. God favors me. Oh, yeah? Well, how about fucking 17 years as a slave? You know, let's beat the shit out of this kid. We're going to make him good, you know? I mean, that's great, but wouldn't the better argument be not to make one of your children the overwhelming <laughs> favorite? <laughs> having, having just a, avoid this in the first place? Having a correct after the fact? Yeah. Uh, but if you do ha- make one the favorite, make sure you sell them into slavery later. Hey, I have a question. Would you ever hit your kids? <laughs> Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I say that now because they're hypothetical, but probably not in real life. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I, I've talked to people. I feel like I'm one of those guys who's like, nah, I would just emotionally torture them. You know, like every yeah, time, I, every every time, like I'd come home and he'd be doing on the wall. I'm like, mmm, and then uh, he'd be like, oh, what happened to my dolly? And then they're just in the corner. It'd be crucified. You know, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I wouldn't coming. hit him until I got good and drunk myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't hit him until I was angry. But, <laughs> but I'm, just, uh, I'm just saying it's not a sexual thing for I'm me. I'm fucking gonna hit him in the face with a broom handle. But um, I guess my point is is that I, I'm joking. But I've heard people that oh, are really? fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I've Thanks heard people that are fucking all about it. I always found that fucking like absurd. You know, like, I got spanked when I was a kid. I lived. I got spanked too, but um, but only out Definitely of anger. Not. You know, and I always and I and I honestly feel like I deserved it. It would always be like whenever I think about it, yeah. it'd be like. Like, my brother would be, like, playing with a toy, and uh, I would just come and sucker punch him in the eye, and then my mom would fucking give me a spanking. Yeah. But um, 
I, I, I don't want to say it's because my mom used to hit me with a wooden ladle, but it is highly coincidental that that's the only way I can get hard now. Because my <laughs> wife hits me king. with a wooden spoon. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if they're connected. It's gross. it could be a coincidence. Uh, yeah, uh, that's why that's why I can only get hard if someone shoves fifteen grapes up my ass. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I guess my point is I, I, I don't know I, I find I guess that's a cultural difference but I find it absurd that people are like I'm like oh would you ever hit your kid like how do you want him to be a good person I was like I don't know yeah Joseph had to get Literally thrown everything. into slavery so yeah so I guess my point is beforehand if I was like hey would you ever hit your kid like yeah you make him be a person you gotta waterboard them you gotta hit him with fucking rubber bats you gotta fucking you know st- tase him a little bit that's how you make him a good person that's how you make him understand right and wrong and I'd be like oh that sounds, yeah. sounds a little fucking crazy and now I'm reading this bible here and I'm like oh alright well, maybe well just hitting them isn't gonna do the trick though like if I if my kid is being a brat uh-huh. I don't hitting them is a dice roll you have to go you have to find an empty cistern you want to do you have it to wait, a, wait a few hours pull them out sell them to the saudis right right <laughs> let them go work for the saudis they can get end up in cairo uh, at some point i think the saudis are too good for them i would send them to uh, uh oh god what's that place that's making that soccer stadium with slaves oh uh oman Uban, no yeah. not oman, uh, oman. Qatar, qatar 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 yeah qatar yeah. Uh, okay well that's pretty much it uh the only other thing that happens is the seven years pass and then boom it gets shitty right he has a wait hold on he has two kids manasseh whatever for god has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house and a frame for god has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction and the real cute the tribes of manasseh and a frame become the house of joseph that's pretty uh that's pretty egotistical, naming your kids after your your successes. <laughs> uh, like, well, even, well, the first one isn't even that. It's like, oh, I named myself Manasseh because I have forgotten the house of my father and all that shit that happened back then. I'm like, oh, thank yeah, you, yeah, I put it behind me. That's like me. if I named my kids uh, technically graduated high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, by Vietnam. Um Oh, we're making a lot of those weird references today. Um, but something that's interesting is, so the famine comes. And, and this is one of those things that when you start talking about, like, you can say that this is the will of God mm-hmm. uh, to create a famine to lift Joseph up and fill the, um, what do you call that, compact concordance? Uh, Contract? Now what 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 did, he, what, what did he do that shit with Abraham? What's that called? Like uh oh the, yeah the contract we'll call it uh, the, the oh my god um whatever you know what I'm fucking talking about yeah yeah, yeah. like that the pact <laughs> hopefully no one else does. <laughs> yeah hopefully pact. no one else does uh that pact with Abraham yeah that, um, that he would that, that he would yeah, make him wise years. and all this. so the so so we can assume that he's creating this famine and putting Joseph in this position to sort of fulfill the uh, the agreement he made with Abraham all those years ago, you know, mm-hmm. and that we're now fucking in the end game. But and everyone's like, oh, that's such a sign of God's mercy and God's glory that and His power and stuff. I'm like, but a lot of people are fucking starving to make this happen. Are they though? Because Egypt has all the food it needs, and people are just, as it says, people I, from all over the yes. The but area I mean, are we are we assuming every single person has enough money? In this famine God, to pay uh, Egypt for their fucking bread. I mean, famines happen all the time. What if God just knew that one was coming? 
and and put Joseph in the right place at the right time to do something about it. Do you think every that? famine is made by God? I mean, is he in charge That's, of everything? Whew. I mean, obviously, I think most like a, a Christian would say yes. Uh-huh. That's a tough one, though. You, you know, you get into some weird territory. Because there's a lot of famines in the Bible where uh, uh, Isaac and Abraham go to sell off their fucking wives and shit as a result. Yeah, like, yeah. It's never. Yeah, they keep thing. going to Egypt, so there was precedence for this, which is interesting. So yeah, maybe that maybe it's just climate patterns, and so God <laughs> obviously knows about them, yeah. and tells Joseph to be at the right place at the right time. He brings that know. east wind. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like when you start talking about like what God does and what He can do and things like that, it just seems like there's a lot of fucking collateral damage. Yeah, but for whatever reason, well, we know the reason. But Joseph's there. Things are getting shitty. People are from all over the area, the, in, in the affected area, are coming to Egypt. I wonder who all will show up. I'm not going to be able to find that out <laughs> ooh, this episode, ooh. though. Uh, so was there any historicity to this, that Egypt, the, that there was a famine and that Egypt was just better prepared than everybody? I mean, I guess that seems pretty reasonable to, that could have just happened on its own, you know? Uh, there's not. Um, that, that they At least not that can be tied to this instance. Um, but that's not, that doesn't say much either way, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I when I think about it, I think of Egypt as like, like New York City. Like you come into America, you know, like I, I, all these other fucking hill people and foreigners and immigrants and stuff like that. And then you come to Egypt, and Egypt's got their shit together. They got scribes, they got pyramids. They're just such a step above that it yeah. would kind of stand to reason that they've figured out famines by now. That they're you know that whereas people living out in the hills of, in caves Here's, and shit, they're they're still like, oh, what do we do about this? And like Egypt's like, well, we have a fucking dam, you know, like we yeah. Or how about this? We live next to the, the biggest river in the world, <laughs> almost. Yeah, I guess we, it's the second, but still, we figured out flood cycles, you idiots. We 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 we've, we've we've mapped the fucking solstice. I think we figured out this fucking yeah. how to store food. We figured out Tupperware like eight years ago. Where were you guys? Yeah, Tupperware, Tupperware, good. Um, so yeah, they 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 definitely were an advanced uh, civilization, at the, uh, no doubt. So it makes sense that they would at some point have been a source of survival for surrounding areas. Yeah. Did you? Uh, <laughs> I was reading this thing, and uh, you remember when Ben Carson said that they were storing grain in the fucking pyramids? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. And I saw that I was watching the DreamWorks uh, Prince of Egypt or whatever the fuck you want to call it, Joseph King of Dreams. Um, yeah. And they built these uh, monuments that they were then stuffing with grain. How did they store the grain? I mean, I, I know that um, Ben Carson's out of his fucking ass. That's not exa- that's that's absolutely what didn't happen. But a, a granary, I would imagine. I mean, they, that was just like a thing. A silo. It was like a silo. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't have a time machine, so you can't prove they didn't put <laughs> any grain in the pyramids. <laughs> a very slow about. Well, the pyramids are fucking solid, right? Like they're not they're not hollow. Well, there's got to be some holes, you know. Yeah, but I mean that's like saying like uh, like we use my hallway for storage. Like no, I mean yeah, you have to have a passageway. Yeah, but I'm not gonna fucking store grain, and that's not what it's for. I do. <laughs> okay. yeah, every every, every uh-huh. to and from the living room, I gotta step over the fifty pounds it's of just, fucking. It's bread. just grain. Just grain, I guess. Yeah, you just walk over. It's actually just unpackaged white bread. <laughs> <laughs> just just loose bits of bread just hanging Wonder out. Bread. Yep. Yeah. Aries loves it. Uh, great. Uh, so, so, so also, so this is kind of an interesting story. So God creates this famine. He creates this uh, this issue, and mm-hmm. in doing so, elevates both Joseph and Egypt. You know, 
Yeah. Like Egypt elevates Joseph to the Grand Vizier, which if you if you guys are wondering what a Grand Vizier is, you've seen Aladdin. Fucking Jafar. There you go. That's a Grand Vizier. Nice. Um but also in doing so, Egypt's raised up. Like they're the big boys now. They got all the fucking green uh Iraq, Iran or whatever they were before then, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. the Moabites are they're coming in with their bedraggled. Babylonians, yeah. yada yada yada. The fucking the Edomites, those red hairy bastards, are like, oh, I'm hungry. Let's go to Egypt. Let's pledge allegiance. You know, I don't know how far people were coming from. It just says the country. I feel like a famine. You go pretty far for a famine, right? It's a I mean, great I, famine. I would say like the immediate desert. It just says, oh yeah, all all over the world, all of the world came to Egypt to buy grain. So there was Vikings. There was some some Incans. There was some Mongols, some Chinese. uh, There was some Sentinelese people. (laughs) That was the last time they left the island. (laughs) Uh, There's some fucking Kiwis. That's why they don't know about Jesus. Yeah, dear. The last time they were there was for the famine. The lizard people from Antarctica were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fucking the mole people, they came out. They're like, you're hungry. Uh, Oh, man. It's well, really anything else? I mean, this here's the thing. This is a good read. Um, it's a fun story. There's not a lot to dig into, like there were in the other other ones where you've got these bizarre schematic things that that are, you know, what was the point of this? This is all pretty cut and dry. It's, it's a good. It, it it's is a good fiction. As I've yeah, as I said that that the story of Joseph is gonna be different than like, um, sort of Judah and some of the other ones, um, in the sense that this is definitively someone. As opposed to the other ones where they're like, and then this is some shit that happened, we'll just write it down. And then Isaac yeah. sold off his wife and stuff like that. And it doesn't really make sense. Where this is more like like Odysseus, you know? Yeah, like he's a good Iliad. guy. You don't have to say, wow, this dude is a piece of shit. He's yeah. a good guy. Yeah. He's doing good people things. And I think it's interesting. So uh, I was talking about um, Judah the other day. About how, like, Judah's Ark versus Joseph's Ark, you know? Where Judah is probably the first instance of the Bible where someone learns a fucking lesson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he uh, he bangs this whore on the side of the road. Well, let's let's not get too much into that because there's going to be a lot of Judah next episode that I think will be a good time to talk about him. Well, okay, but just um, j- j- just to be clear, uh, sure. my, my my the reason why I reference Judah is the way they both dealt with temptation and sort of like righteousness. You know. That yeah. Judah is different than Joseph in that he banged a whore, and then when his kind of when uh, when his sin was mirrored back to him, he's like, "Oh, someone's been acting like a whore. Hang her, hang her." And then mm-hmm. when he gets his shit thrown in his face, he's like, mm, uh, "Yeah, my bad, y'all. I fucking I I have learned a lesson today, you know." Um, whereas Joseph, he kind of feels his temptation and he learns a different lesson, and honestly, suffers more for it, you know. Oh yeah, two years in jail and shit. Yeah. Not just getting it slapped in his face, which <laughs> that's all Judah had was like shame, whereas yeah. Joseph had like physical agony. Well, I'm assuming. I guess my point is both of them were visited by temptation. Both of them reacted differently, and yet both of them were shamed as a result. But I think, I mean, Joseph has lifted up out of it. Sure. And as will Judah, as we'll see, and we'll talk more about that next week. I think. Anything else? That's a. That's a an app right there. Yeah, I think that's it. This is interesting stuff. Uh, this is yeah. this is this is thus far my favorite part of the Bible. The rest of the stuff I could take or leave. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully, uh, I think a lot more of it ends up being people like Joseph, um, with more stretched out narrative, with more Western 
uh, narrative, if you will, like the kind of stories we expect to see mm-hmm. based on our, our upbringing. So it'll be fun. All right. I'm pumped. We'll, we'll get back into it. We'll see who shows up in Egypt next week, huh? huh? Oh, boy, that cliffhanger. Wink, wink. Yeah, come nudge, on back. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, folks, if you don't follow us on social media, we're at Irrevelations on Twitter. If you want to hit us up uh, an email, it's irrevelationspodcast at gmail.com. You got anything for the people, Cole? No. Okay, great. Good night and good luck. <laughs>